You're listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by RICO, your local guide for all things real estate investing in Colorado. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here, and I have a great guest in the studio here today to bring you a very powerful story about how he went from a musician and then his family ran into some major medical issues, which brought upon some major medical debt. He pivoted, he got into real estate, changed his life, built a thriving lending practice, a thriving real estate portfolio, has owned rentals, has bought agricultural land and farmlands, has put together a multifamily value adds, all sorts of deals. So have a great guest and a great story with lots of tidbits. Mr. Chris Lawhead, glad to have you in the podcast studio finally. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. I am too. So, you know, we've really gotten to know each other, you know, throughout 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have just been synergistic, been on the same page. And I have, the more I get to know your story, the more I get to know your investments, the more I get to know the way you're wired. I'm like, wow, I got, I got to talk to this guy more. And more people have to hear what you've been up to. So let's start off with, uh, you know, kind of, the catalyst for you getting into real estate investing. You have a very uh, powerful story, which some people can relate to. Sure. Um, I went broke. I went more than broke. I went deep. I should say we, my wife and I went deep, deep into medical debt after she was, uh, she was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And I don't know if anybody knows about Crohn's disease. It is rough. And this was pre, you know, Affordable Care Act. And so she was dropped for, from insurance. And, uh, you know, I made a goal of taking her to the best medical care I could find. Um, turns out that's incredibly expensive. And I found myself, uh, I, we found ourselves in debt, significant debt. I mean, hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt, enough that I considered bankruptcy. Thank God that I, as a musician, I had bought a few houses. So we had those few houses. Those were our anchors. But it was quite clear at the end of my music career that uh, I wasn't going to make enough money to get out of this debt. It wasn't going to happen. And so I had to pivot and I had to pivot hard. And I won't pretend that that pivot was gentle. I won't pretend that I handled it with grace. It was rough. Um, but I did my homework. I found out, you know, at first I thought, hey, I'll go be an engineer and I can do math and let's just do that. But I'm not built for that. And I realized that most millionaires are built through real estate in the, in the United States. And so I pivoted and I got into lending as a mortgage broker. I got into syndicating. I went to a, a single class. And before I even knew what the word syndication meant, I go, I can do that, but I have no money and I have no credit and I'm deep, deep into debt. What am I going to do? Um, I'm just going to put the puzzle together and go buy an apartment building with investors and I didn't have any training. I didn't have multifamily masters. I didn't have your podcast. I had nothing but my brain. And I put the puzzle pieces together. And long story short, we dug out of that hole known as horrendous medical debt um, to become accredited investors uh, multiple times over. And it, I'm, I'm infinitely grateful for that hardship that we had because it sculpted me. Um, now, I wasn't grateful at the time. I didn't have the wisdom to go, oh, man, this is this is really going to change our lives for the better, babe. You know, it was brutal. Um, and there's just some, what year was this? This was somewhere between 10 and 14 years ago. I don't know okay. exactly. Um, and, and back then, my dad was still alive back then. And, and he gave me one of the greatest gifts. 
I said, Dad, I think I think I need to declare bankruptcy. And he said, uh, are you a man who pays his bills? Are you a man who pays his debts or not? And I say that, I get a little choked up and I'm, I've got the chills here because he's gone. And, but he, he just looked me in the eye and he goes, are you a man who pays his debts or not? That's and I hard just, hitting. I just, you know, he knew how to hit me, right? He knew how to... Cause he got he, you motivated. Yeah, and, and it just got me going. And I said, I'm a man who pays my bills. We're going to pay these bills. I paid every, we paid every penny of that medical debt. We didn't declare bankruptcy, you know, and, and back then I was hoping, you know, I was, I was hoping that he would pay it. Right. Um, and what a privilege that he didn't, what a privilege that I didn't have the cavalry to come get me because it really showed me who I am. And I left music, which was my life dream. Right. And I made that dream happen. And now it shifted into this another, uh, you know, just amazing portfolio of amazing people like you and Matt Amundsen and the whole crew I have and all these investors that mm -hmm. have invested in me and my clients. So, yeah, it, it was something, you know, it was something. Before we go into like the, the details of like, you know, your, your investing journey, I want to di uh, dive into like the mindset and some psychology. Mm -hmm. um, because, you know, there's people out there, hey, they're probably facing similar, you know, medical bills or other like, you know, huge debt or life crises. What type of like psychological or uh, mindset tip could you give them or would you if you could tell yourself 15 years, like, what would you say to these people now just to help them out? Because I mean, we all, you know, we've all been in rough spots and yeah. you were in a really rough spot. Yeah. Like some people are out there now. The struggle is the blessing and the struggle will show you what you're capable of. And the cavalry is not coming. No one's coming to save you. And that spirit right there, that idea right there that I've got to figure this out. We've got to figure this out. We have to take the necessary steps to move forward and to build the life we want. We have to do that. My buddy's not going to do it for me. My mom or dad aren't going to do it for me. The government's certainly not going to do it for me. We have to do it. And when you take responsibility for that, uh, your life changes. And the more responsibility you take, in my humble opinion, the, the, the more powerful you become and the better your life is. And so I just owned it. And again, I, I, I speak now like I'm some wise, uh, like I have this wisdom and, and that I had it back then. I did not have this wisdom back then. I did not handle it well. I did not handle it with grace. But I handled it as if I was in control of it, like I had to do it, you know? And um, I am, I, like I said, I couldn't be more grateful that that happened because that showed me who I am and what I'm capable of. And I needed that. I didn't know I was capable of, you know, paying off half a million dollars worth of debt, you know, when I was a musician making 50 grand a year, you know? So the mindset is just that. Take responsibility, figure it out. Like I talk to my boys. One thing I say a lot, you figure it out. You figure it out. I don't do for little boys what little boys can do for themselves. They figure it out. So whatever it is, and my big it was, how do I get out of this debt and how do I provide a, a, a great life for my wife and my family? Powerful story. Um, all right, so I wanna dive into, you're saying you, you, you went to a class, you mm -hmm. learned about syndications, yeah. and you said you know you, you know, no experience, no money, you know negative money, all this stuff. Yeah. How did you, uh, pull yourself by the bootstraps and what was the mechanics of that first deal? So it wasn't a deal on syndication. It was just a, a, a class by Charles Roberts, who you know. Oh, that a, was the first yeah, class? A mentor of yours. Wow. And it was about how to buy a rental property, like how to buy a single family home and the, the basic mathematics of that. 
and I'm sitting there in the back and I'm going, I can do this, but one isn't going to do it. I got to, you know, I got to do this with bigger deals. Um, and so I found it. And the guy next to me, Pat Rampey, who, you know, Patrick Rampey, he was there, oh he was there too. So he introduced himself. What a small world. Yeah. And we bought uh, an eightplex. So, and the, the deal I structured was, okay, investor, you give me all the money, you guarantee all the debt, and I will do all the work. I will find the deal. I will manage the deal. And when I say all the work, I did all the work. I painted, I laid the vinyl floors. I did the nickel finishes. I managed it. Everything I did everything. And I said, investor, you get a hundred percent of the income until you're made whole, till your 150 grand or whatever it was is paid back. And then after that, we split it 50-50. That was my first syndication. I mean, back in the napkin math, I didn't know what a syndication was back then. So again, I just put the puzzle pieces together, I figured it out, and off we went. You know, fast forward years later, I did that again and again and again. And then I eventually started doing that in um, with farmland and got into agriculture. And now obviously the terms got, you know, better for me than, you know, I'll do all the work. You get 100% of the income until until you're paid off more 50-50, right? Because that's a, that's a pretty steep deal in the favor of the investor. Um, but fast forward 10 years later, now I have a history of doing this. Now yeah, I have a track record. Yeah, I've done all right with it. You know, I mean, more than all right. It's lifted us out of that hole. It's provided an amazing life for, for our family. I've been able to help other people do this. I think I've told you I've got 17 millionaires in my network that went from nothing to millionaire real estate investors. That's the thing I'm most proud of. And these are not um, doctors and attorneys making half a million bucks a year and we bought a few rentals, cash, and boom, they're real estate millionaires. I'm talking musicians, guitar teachers, There's drummers. other people like you yeah, who- have... other people like me. Yep. So that's one of the, the, the surprising joys of this journey is that that little crew, and I'm working on 18, number 18, I'm working on them right now to, to bring people up, you know? Um, so it's been incredibly rewarding. And at the beginning, of course, it's a challenge, but the, again, the, the struggle is the blessing. So how'd you, who, how'd you find your first investor? Was it a friends and family? Friends or? and family. Okay. Right. You just, you need Had that to... person invest in real estate before. Uh, yes. Okay. Yes. And, and that's why they were so excited of, about my deal. Right. I mean, nobody's offering that deal these days, right? No, they're not. So. But at the time that was, that was what you do to, to get on there and look yeah. where it took you. I had no track record. I had no history. I needed one person to believe in me. So I kind of, as, as we talk about your, your journey here, Chris, uh, I know you've done a bunch of real estate investing deals. I also know you built a professional career as a lender. Yes. And let's talk about your lending practice for a little bit, because yep. I know a lot of people as they get into real estate, either through like, you know, some type of like life crisis like you had or mm -hmm. just a career change, they want to do what you do. They want to get into investing and they want to have a career in yep. real estate as well. And so you have done that roadmap. So let's talk about the career side. Um, yep. First off, why lending? Well, I, I stumbled into it. You know, a, a good friend from high school started the largest independent wholesale mortgage brokerage shop in, in Colorado called Excel Financial. So his name is Brian Emmett. We were on the golf team together at Littleton High School. And I, I like I told you, I went back to school. I'm like, I'll just be a, I'll just be an engineer. I can do math. Um, and he's like, you should consider this. You should look at this loan business. And I had gotten my loans for the first two properties I had purchased through him. And I shopped him, I shopped him hard. And he is sharp, his numbers are great. And uh, he said, okay, I'll, I'll let you come on board. 
Um, but he had seen so much attrition. He had seen so many people come on board and not last. Just his LOs? Yeah, yeah. just his loan officers that he didn't give me much attention, right? And uh, after I got my license, I brought my first deal in 10 hours after I got my license live. You know, I put a Facebook, I did a Facebook post, boom, I got a loan. Um, and I was in hustle mode. I was in, go I mean, I was half a million dollars in debt. So I was motivated, yep. right? And I went bonkers with it. I went bonkers with the, uh, with the syndications. I went bonkers with the lending. How much value can I provide? How many people can I help? What can I do to help you? You know, do you need it? Need something painted? Do you need an inter introduction to a general contractor? What do you need? And within a year, um, Brian and I decided that, decided that it was best that we partnered 50, 50 partnership. Um, because at first, you know, he was going to help me do the loan. I'd take 20%. He'd help me learn a little more. I'd take 30%, a little more. I'd take 40%. And then he just saw my hustle and, uh, which is kind of the secret to life, right? Is hustle. Um, after a year, we became 50-50 partners in a team at Excel Financial Group, and we've had that team and continue to run that team to this day. Um, so, you know, I'm so grateful for all the people that have come into my life, and he is a, he's a huge part of that. He showed me the ropes of lending, of managing 60 lenders in a pipeline, making them compete, dealing with outside lending, just a crash course, a crash course from an expert like him was incredibly valuable and I can't thank him enough. So as people are listening to this, like, okay, they wanna replicate your success as a yeah. career and a lot of people, hey, they might just be shifting out of a, a W2 job or something like that. What tip would you give them to say, hey, as you're making this transition from whatever career you have, that's not real estate, mm -hmm. you know, hey, musician to lender, whatever their, their situation is, what would you tell them in terms of like finding the right career and how to help transition? Yeah, I think the right career is the career you make, right? There is no, the conditions will never be perfect. In fact, the imperfect conditions might be the perfect conditions to get you off your butt to, to do the right thing. And so if I were going to do it again, I would do, I would do it very similar. I would pick an agent, a title rep, a loan officer, some professional in real estate. So you're always touching real estate. So you're getting those repetitions. I mean, I worked with mostly investors as a lender. So I got so many repetitions as an investing lender. I looked at these deals. I analyzed these deals. I underwrote these deals. Um, so I would pick one and I would go hard in the paint in terms of investing. I'd go hard in the paint with, with whatever career you chose to be an agent, to be a lender, title rep, whatever, and help as many people as possible. I know people say this, but I promise you, if you help as many people as you can in real estate for three years, you will have deals and pipeline and clients to last your lifetime. Just I, do that. I totally agree. One thing I want to highlight too, that's a great tip for anyone out there, whether you're doing a deal or getting a career is you really leaned into your network. I mean, it was very serendipitous that uh, Brian was, hey, he'd started a lending practice and you guys were high school buddies. Yep. Well, that's a big thing too. If you've got someone that's already, that you're close with, that you respect and know good character, they have some traction, there's a good relationship there. Yep. I mean, that relationship is a huge thing to lean into. So out there, if you have that type of connection, uh, lean into it. If you don't, go out there and start making those connections. You're exactly right. And I didn't know that I was spending my life, you know, of, I'm an honest person and I'm nice and being honest and nice sounds so simple, but it pays dividends for your whole life. 
So I didn't know I was in high school planting the seeds of being a lending partner with this guy, you know, when we're on the golf course and I'm offering words of encouragement or he's, we're joking around, he's making fun of me, I'm making fun of him. We're just, you know, being friends. I had no idea we were building this relationship that would go on to thrive in a lending practice 20 years later. So you're always building that network, right? You're always, um, you're always trying to lift others up and they remember that, right? And I remember the people who lifted me up and, and I'm in their debt forever. So you want to build a network, be of service. It's that simple. That, that is great advice. All right, I want to pivot back here because something that I've, uh, I still, I'm at the tip of the iceberg with you on this discussion, but you've done a lot in the world of agriculture mm -hmm. and that's a world I, I don't know anything about. Mm -hmm. um, and we've had some conversations here and there and we talked about it. Talk about how you got into agriculture and just kind of fill me in and other people out there. Like, what does the world of agricultural investing look like? Yeah, so through my multifamily syndications, I partnered with some old friends. And some old friends had a partner. His name's Bo James. And he's a big time um, farmland investor. And he's a Boy City farm boy. And he's a great guy, very smart. Um, just, I can't th say enough good things about him. And I'm going, you have 40,000 acres. What's that look like? And we started talking and I started to get interested in it. And long story short, I again, partnered with the right people, smart, honest, full of integrity. And we bought a farm and then we bought another farm. And, and I guess before that, my, my mom's side of the family is West Texas farm folk. We still have the family farm, but I had no real involvement in that. I never worked the farm. It's just a farm that is rented out. So you didn't grow up on a farm? I did not grow up on the farm. I grew up in the suburbs. Um, but through this multifamily deal we did in Texas, I connected with uh, a partner that's an excellent farm operator. He got me excited about it. Uh, I did the math. I believe in my skills to do addition and subtraction. And I'm good at borrowing money and decent at finance. We bought a farm, we bought another. Now we're lending money to farmers. So it's a lot like single family or multifamily. Some of the variables are different, but uh, yeah, again, just a great partner that led me that way. And I jumped on the opportunity. So when you say like buy a farm, is that like you're you're buying the farmland and leasing it out to a farmer you got uh, that to right. grow crops? Yep, that's exactly okay. right. You can do two types. You can do a crop share where you're essentially a partner of the farmer and you get a share of that crop when it's taken to market. Like right? you own the land, but then you're a partner in the, in the crops? Yeah. Okay. Or what's easier is you treat it just like a rental property, right? You buy a farm and you lease it to a farmer and it's quite simple. The farmer pays you once a year, generally um, tied with a crop and, you know, a, a harvest. So yeah, you're buying the dirt, you're buying the mineral rights, you're leasing it to a great operator, which is a farmer. Usually it's a farmer in the neighborhood, right? You know, you don't lease it to a farmer who lives a hundred miles away. You lease it to the farmer who owns land right next to you. And he wants more acreage, more production. So someone with a proven track record. That's exactly right. And I guess it's a very nuanced question here because, you know, I, you know, I have, you know, hear the random stories of, you know, hey, droughts happen, you know, crops go bust, all that. Like, do you as a landlord take out insurance against that? So in case like crops get wiped out, like how, how do you just mitigate that risk? That is a great question. And that's actually deeper than it, it appears on the surface. Oh, I'm so, sure it is. So <laughs> we're talking the, billions of dollars. here. Right, right. The insurance on farmland is subsidized uh, through government subsidies. And there's public-private partnerships. And long story short, 
the backstop in terms of farmland insurance is robust, incredibly robust. So absolutely. I mean, sometimes you don't lose, right? And and there's been many years in a row where we've collected more from insurance than we have the crops coming to market. So everything is insured. It's very robust. It goes pretty deep. I mean, we could talk about crop insurance and farmland insurance for hours, but uh, you betcha. You, you better have that insured and you better be well-versed in that and you better be working with an operator that's well-versed in that. And when we deal with a farmer as a, as a tenant, we make sure that they have their insurance in place. That's a, a, essential to investing in farmland. Right. Well, I, I've got like a hundred more questions on ag investing. I'm going to just pause that right okay. now so I don't totally derail the podcast on here out of uh, my rabbit hole. Uh, but as I've mentioned, you know, this other people, a lot of the people have interest on there. So we have some rough plans so people know out there to do some more in-depth like a webinar or two on agriculture investing. Just, hey, how do you underwrite it? How does it work? How the heck does insurance work on there? Yeah. And you're also got some, uh, you know, you have recently started working on an agricultural debt fund yes. that you have launched, lending money on there. That's actually another project we're looking at to where we can help get investors uh, investing in that as limited partners, uh, so they can get some exposure to agricultural fund, you know, agricultural investing as well. So if you guys have interest in that, email me, email Lawhead, we'll put you on that list. But the quarter four, we're hoping to do a lot more education on there and hopefully put together some deals because like I've been fascinated by it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of my rules of thumb is like, you know, two things. Hey, look for the trends, the opportunities. And obviously, you know, ag and crops are not going away anytime soon. But same thing you do. Always look for people that are smarter, better, more experienced than I am. Like, cool, I'm not good at this, but you're a hundred times better at this than I am. I'm going to talk to you and give you my check to go invest with you or do what you're doing. So yeah. we'll do a lot more in this because it's it's fun. All right. So pivoting back to your story here, okay. um, you got into ag investing how many years ago? Would you say? Um, not too long ago. Call it four years ago, okay. I assume. So so recently, and so you're doing this. You're, you're, I'm sorry, you're doing ag investing. You are doing your lending practice. And you're also still doing some multifamily syndications, right? Well, I pivoted from multifamily syndications because I've met top tier operators that are simply better at it than me. So I've pivoted to working at private equity funds and which is how I know you, right? I started Ironton Capital as the head of their investor relations team. And then I came on to Property Llama Capital as the head of their investor relations team. And long story short, I'm done syndicating multifamily deals. I thought I was good at it. I thought I was a black belt. Then I met Terrence Doyle and Verco, and he is so vertically integrated and so good at it that I have had to demote myself. I'm not a black belt anymore, I'm a brown belt. I might even demote myself to purple belt for any of you listening with a jujitsu reference. Long story short, there's people better at it than me and they are better at stewarding my capital than I am in that space. So now what do I do? I take, I'm, I'm exiting rental properties and I'm putting that capital in these private equity funds focused in multifamily real estate operated by top tier guys, yeah. top tier companies. So the days of me syndicating deals are done. I want to I want to dive a little deeper into this because you know I, I I had this itch a little bit years ago and had you know had the same realization. Hey, there's people better at than I am, and hey, Terrence, there's 50 employees. You you have bigger scale than I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know I talk to investors. I mean, gosh, at least a couple investors a month between coming people coming on the podcast, people doing portfolio analyses on the Property Llama software, where hey, they sell a rental and they've got a half million dollars in cash. 
and they want to start transitioning into you know more of a real estate career and investor themselves. And a lot of them want to go out there and do what you did, go out there and syndicate a deal, meaning, hey, they go find the deal, they run the deal, they bring in a few investors. Uh, so for those people um, who want to do that now, dive, in a little, dive into a little bit more details as to why uh, you're not doing it and why you're recommending people don't do it with the current market conditions. Right. So listen, when you, when you sponsor a deal, when you sponsor a multifamily, you're going to go buy an apartment building. You're going to get the loan, which is a headache and a big deal. You're going to guarantee that debt. You're going to personally guarantee that loan, which puts, puts your personal assets at exposed, you know, there it's exposed. You're and getting a commercial loan right now as someone that's never owned a commercial multifamily is yeah. I I don't want to say zero percent, but it's really darn close to zero percent right now. Right. Without Good. someone else co-signing who has experience. Exactly. Good luck. You're you, most likely you're not going to do that right now. You're not going to guarantee you know two million dollars worth of debt on an apartment building if you've never done it. And we're talking commercial, so five plus units right. is kind of what we're talking about here. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah, if you want to sponsor a deal, it's not passive. You and I both know this. You're going to manage the manager. You're going to manage the rehabs. You're going to manage the subs. You're going to have to deal with the boiler guy. You're going to have to do deal with the chiller. You're going to have to deal with the flooring, the painter, you know, on and on and on. And just the subs alone is a huge, huge endeavor, right? And then, of course, you're guaranteeing the debt, getting the loan, and then working with your investors. So you have this really big monster that you're dealing with. And, you know with the options available, you can now take that same capital, place it in a fund like Verco, right? Run by Terrence Doyle and do as good, if not better. And I really think he can do better with my money than I can. So why go through all that headache when I don't have to? It's it's literally hitting the easy button. Of course, if you're a credit investor and, and you have to vet these deals, you have to do your math, you have to do your research. Um, and the conclusion I've come to is somebody else is better at this than me and I know who they are. Yeah, I mean, right now it comes down to who has scale and who has 10,000 hours worth of experience right. in that niche. And, you know, advice, I started investing in in syndication. Actually, my first one with Terrence about know, three years ago, I want to say. And again, this was when I was like, I want to do more of these deals myself. They're sexy. The numbers just start getting a lot more zeros behind them. Yeah. And as I researched and I talked to a lot of people, you know, a lot of people said, hey, just invest in a deal to yourself. Just kind of like, hey, you're, you're a limited partner. You're an LP sit on the sidelines, you get to look over the shoulders so I can get exposure to it. And so I was like, hey, that makes complete sense. Mm -hmm. Let me, I'll write a check into there and start, you know, learning about it. And, I, and then the same thing as I started learning more about, it, I was like, wow, you, I would rather just keep investing versus doing it myself. So anyone out there that is in that spot in their life or their career, I'm gonna volunteer you, Chris. Um, if you guys are in that spot, because um, I, know, I know I've already sent a couple investors the last couple of weeks in that spot to go talk with you, uh, reach out to Lawhead here uh, because he has that experience. He has that track record. He has been there, done that, doing something else now and can give you a really good uh, full experience on this. So don't be shy to reaching out to you. Yeah, what he said, don't be shy. I'm happy to help. And I still believe in the service first, right? Mm -hmm. If you can be of service in whatever industry you're in, and do that as much as you possibly can, you're gonna be fine. You're gonna be more than fine. You're gonna be great. So me being of service is in my best interest as well. And and I just love helping, yeah. you know? Well, plus it all just comes down, like I said, you know, you're, you have service, you network. I mean, that's how you put deals together. That's how you build relationships. That's how you create opportunities. So like, 
uh, definitely reach out to Lawhead here. And uh, I think he's a, a, a tacos for lunch type of guy. I am so you might, might grab some tacos uh, with Lawhead here at some point and talk, talk investing in syndications. Um, and then let's kind of talk about where your career is and where your investing is now, because okay. like I, I'm extremely excited about it to uh, because, you know, we have started working together a lot more now, mm-hmm. you know, through Property Llama Capital, we have started raising money for Terrence Doyle. We've got some other great investments coming up, like some agricultural stuff in the future, some development stuff in the future, some really cool stuff. And you're a very big part of that. Uh, and I have the same philosophy when I meet someone that's, you know, uh, better at certain things than I am or, you know, is great at this. Hey, let's work together and figure it out. So I know you have made a lot of sh- changes in your career and your investing strategies now. Kind of fill us in on what you're doing now and fill them to uh, not only what you're doing, but how that fits into the current landscape of this higher interest rate environment as well. Yeah. So, so a very loaded question, but there's a lot there to unpack. Um, first, like I said, I'm done syndicating deals. Second, I've come on these teams and, and now I've settled with Property Llama Capital, which I'm, I'm just simply honored to be on that team. It's a team of wonderful human beings, very smart, and I'm the head of investor relations there. So what do we do? We explain, educate, um, and help people understand what these private equity funds do, the structure, the numbers, why, why not, if it's a good fit, why it might not be a good fit. That's my thing. And it's just the evolution of being a real estate investor, right? You start off with a house, you do a house hack, and then maybe you get a duplex and maybe you get a fourplex. Then you start buying eightplex, 16. You know, I think I peaked at, at 58 doors and a few farms. That's, that was my peak. When you were, this was stuff you were actively managing? Yeah. And now I've backed way off it. I'm exiting. I mean, I've got a closing next week. I'm taking that capital. I'm allocating it to some of the endeavors we have going together and ag stuff. Verico, you know, these multifamily operators that are better at it than us. This is the property down south, right? Yep. yep. Property down south closes, one of them closes next uh, next Monday. But it's just the natural evolution, right? You, you, you know, private equity seems to be the perfect fit to steward not only my capital, but other people's capital. And it's taken, you know, the decade of experience that I've been cultivating this whole time, and it's putting it to work. And I couldn't be more excited. I mean, it is, it is, exhilarating. Can you talk about, cause I mean, you, you've done, you know, active rentals, you know, residential investing, you know, re- residential lending, um, you know, all sorts of deals. Talk about how you kind of see the landscape now for investors who are getting in the game or, you know, have properties like, Hey, you're sitting at a 40,000 foot view and go out there and, you know, you know, buy more rentals, go out there, do deals yourself. And then just what opportunities you see in the marketplace? Like what advice would you give people and how would you help people like filter it out and figure out what to do with their money right. and time? Yeah. So it's simply harder to invest in real estate now than it was 10 years ago when I got real serious about it. It's much more difficult, not only from the interest rates, but the pricing. And so finding a cash on cash property that cash flows 1% is a challenge, let alone 10%. My rule my rule used to be, I only buy deals that have cash on cash at 10%. Mm. Those days are over. Those days are long gone. Um, you're lucky if you get two or 3%. So yes, there's still benefits to investing in real estate, right? You get a right off the mortgage interest, you get depreciation, you get the appreciation as the asset grows in value, although the, I think the big bulk of the appreciation party is over. Yep. Um, but over a 10 year period, you're probably, you're most likely gonna win. 
and then you're obviously paying down your debt and you're building equity there. Um, there are simply better options. And I, I know I keep coming back to Terrence, but I'm just in awe of his his company, his fund. Um, well, you got to walk a bunch of his properties. I did. A month or so ago. I've too. got to talk to him in, in, in person, walk his properties. I know he's got the boiler guy on staff. And as somebody who's been held upside down and shooken for every penny I have in my pockets by a boiler guy, I'm, I'm a little jealous that he's got the boiler guy on staff. So I think that's the biggest opportunity we see right now is, is these top tier oh. operators offering these funds to accredited investors. So if you can put a hundred thousand bucks into a Verico, that at least for me and my money, that's a better place to go. And so that's where I'm going. And that's another thing I love about Property Llama Capital is we're all doing what we're talking about. You're investing in it. I'm investing in it. Amundsen's investing in it. I'm listing a property today to sell I, to invest right. in it. So we're in alignment there. We see that. And we also can acknowledge that we're not as good as Terrence. We're not as good as some of these top tier operators or in terms of farmland. We're not as good as Bo. Bo's better. Yeah. Right. I'd rather give Bo my money for farmland. I'd rather give Terrence my money for multifamily. And I need to set my ego aside, demote myself, right, to a brown or purple belt <laughs> and thrive. Right. And you, you got to be humble here and you got to say, listen, I know your ego says, oh, I can do this. These guys did it. Well, a lot of people were doing this 10 years ago, 20 years ago, and it was simply easier. Different interest rate environment, different pricing environment. And so there's always opportunity and we've we've found them. Yeah. And that's you, just, you ride the trend. That's right. And the trends are where you're at. So, OK, a lot of these deals you're talking about are only you know, for accredited investors. So yeah. people who make, you know, two, three hundred thousand dollars a year, million dollars net worth. It may change a year or so yeah. if the SEC uh, gets, if that bill gets approved by Congress, but right now it's not. So what advice would you give to people? We have a lot of people listening who are starting their career who are not uh, uh, accredited investors. They might be house hackers or they're, you know, they're a busy professional, but not at that threshold yet. What advice would you give those, those investors on the best areas to focus on real estate right now? I think you need to own your own home. You have to own your own house. And I know you've got guys like Grant Cardone saying, oh, just rent everything, rent. You build equity owning a house, right? You have tax write-offs. I'm not a CPA. Don't take, take anything I say as tax advice. But generally, most people write off mortgage interest and take depreciation. There's still advantages to owning your own house. So I would start there. If you can't afford your dream house, start with your condo or a townhouse. Start with something. You want to be in the real estate game, right? And then if you want to, again go deep into real estate investing and be a professional, you got to pick a path, right? You got to pick lending or being an agent or working for title or getting on a, you know, be an intern at, at Verico, something you got to get, you got to touch it and you got to touch it and live it every day. And if you touch it and live it for every day for a decade, you're going to be awesome at it, but it's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to happen in a year. You just got to get after it. So that's, that's where I'd start. Dude, great advice here. And uh, as we wrap up here, uh, I will make sure your contact details in the show notes so people okay. can reach out to you and go grab some tacos. Uh, but in general, like I said, we've got some more education with Lawhead and some of his network to come talk agricultural investing with us. Hopefully put, this, put together some deals in the near future as well. Uh, we've got some plans to do some you know, more meetups, some masterminds, some property walks. So you guys will be hearing more from Lawhead just because obviously he's a smart person, successful person, something I want in my network and my team. And so we'll be hearing more from him. So feel free to reach out to him. If you guys have any questions on any topics we talked about, please reach out. But I love your attitude about educating, about serving people, because that's what leads to everyone winning a couple of steps 
later down the road. That's right. It's a secret of life. And let me say before we end. Yes. I'm grateful to know you. Thank you for having me. It's been amazing to meet you and the crew and Jules behind the scenes. The producer is making all this happen and Richard and, and, and bringing in my network to your crew. Mm. I'm psyched. I am grateful. Uh, thank you. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Been a great podcast with Chris Lawhead. We got lots of fun stuff coming out. And again, uh, as I like to say with people like this, uh, when he's willing to talk to you, use and abuse him. Go out there, talk to him, get some tacos, maybe a little tequila, get some more exciting uh, stories from him. But you can see he's an amazing resource. So everyone, thank you for listening and watching. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>